Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. So excited to have you here listening and watching. I am here with Melody Kears. So I have a real exciting conversation for you all today because we are going to be talking about vulnerability and embodiment, two of my favorite things. You know, this pretty much comes up every time we have a podcast episode, but we're going to focus specifically on that. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Melody. Give us a little broad intro and don't be shy. Tell us all the amazing things about you and then we'll kind of get into your story a bit. Great. So I'll start with my most present experience right now, which is that I brag that I'm having a really shit day. I'm totally heartbroken, feeling a lot of disappointment and anger and resentment because my partner initially fucked up <laughs> and really basically destroyed the trust in our relationship. Yeah. And I'm here, you know, I'm showing up. Yes. So I totally brag that, that, you know, I can hold the space for the entirety of my experience in the moment and still be here, still show up, still enjoy my life while I'm holding these tender parts of myself. Mm -hmm. I brag that I've lived all over the place. I am originally from Argentina. I moved to New York when I was 18 years old. I was originally studying fashion design and I brag that I wanted to make clothes that were for people to feel good in no matter what their size or shape was. And this was back in 2002. Ooh, heavy I brag. On damn, I wish I had back then. And then I brag that as soon as I started seeing what the actual like fashion industry is, I was like, oh. <laughs> so I brag, I actually switched and I studied, I switched to NYU and I made my own career and I actually studied oh. happiness. So that's what my degree is in. Like most people think that's a cutesy thing that I'm saying, but no. That that is actually a custom made degree that I have from. I like it. Yeah, I'm wearing the purple, which is <laughs> weird. I'm not really like a woo, like alma mater kind of person, but whatever. Coincidence. So I also brag that I am embodiment coach. I am all about living a life with no regrets, and to me, what that means is actually being connected with yourself, with your own truth, with your body, because there's so much wisdom in our bodies that we don't normally access for many different reasons, whether it's like body confidence stuff, trauma, sexual shame. It could be also like, we just don't know how to feel our emotions and therefore we just cut ourselves off from intimacy with ourselves, like all sorts of reasons. But like for me, what's important is that self-connection that then allows for connection with others that's true and authentic and also allows for a life that's a lot richer and it's it's connected it's intimate like it's an intimacy with life that we're not pushing away certain parts of our experience as i've demonstrated with my first brag yeah and i brag that i have i work with people one-on-one -on -one. i love my clients i love working with clients who have been already on their own personal development journey who have some spirituality work that they have done and they just are looking for that extra twist to stop spiritual bypassing, to stop, you know, getting caught in their perfectionism with, I don't know, I think like sometimes people get so caught up with law of attraction type stuff and they're like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, and then they beat themselves up because they don't have what they want. I and it's, yeah, it's yeah. like, it must be me, you know, there's something fucked up with me. And it's, no, let's, you know, <laughs> there's more there. 
So yeah, so that's who I love working with. Love to smell you. I think I am one of those people because I have been like a secret, like law of attraction person, like since the OG and my mm-hmm. background psychologist. So if you can get like any more like <laughs> intense and neurotic about your mindset and your body, I think that would be me. <laughs> I'm like, did right. I not, like, So I think that there's just one of those things where it's like, that's where the trust part and the embodiment yeah. part comes in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think it's not, to be honest, you know, it's like I have never actually watched any like Abraham takes like type stuff because I've just always seen people actually like in their public life being so like positive and, you know, and, but then when I talk to them privately, I hear them, they're actually not happy. And so, you know, because of this thing where it's like, they're in a way using it to point to themselves as like the source of a problem of like why they don't have the things that they want. And it, and to me, it, it's not that I think necessarily that the actual like principles are off, but I think that maybe the way that people interpret them and apply them is and so yeah so you know it's kind of like unpacking that and actually making it work for you in a way that like you're not like beating yourself up you know because that doesn't serve anything it's oh no i'm still having negative thoughts that's probably why it's yeah you have negative thoughts you're a person (laughs) negative thoughts are not going away entirely and you know you can create in the positive, but you have to integrate like the shadows and the emotions and the vulnerability and all that stuff that you kicked off the episode with. Yeah. You know, and I think it's kind of interesting because it's almost like people are negative about negativity and I'm like, well, can you be positive about negativity? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I can tell you. (laughs) I can tell you with years of sitting with women, like crying and transforming and talking about trauma and stuff, you can't get to that place of healing going deep into that it's just like unavoidable and I I am a big person on like intention and mindset and an affirmation that I was given is you know I do no harm to myself or anyone else you know and that's a good Mm -hmm. one start to get in your head about am I manifesting the wrong way you know (laughs) Um, yeah so thank you David he's gonna be on the podcast soon but yeah that is definitely I think a emotional bypassy thing that we do for sure and Mm -hmm. I love what you're talking about in my Fearless Feminine Academy, we do the real and raw. And I know all the leaders that I'm very like inspired by and, you know, want to embody myself is just the whole person, you know. Mm-hmm. And for me, this came up most as like when I was became a mom and an entrepreneur because like I couldn't function at the level that I had before because I had a baby and it was just chaos, you know. More responsibilities. So, yeah. Some yeah. restructuring is necessary. <laughs> That's what I love about coaching and content creation and like online business is it gives you so much more time freedom that mm-hmm. you don't have to split yourself off. Well, some people do, but you don't have to. You can be the whole person, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for totally. me, it's so freeing. And it's also scary, you know, to do those like big vulnerability leaps. We get mm-hmm. kind of vulnerability hangover sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's that thing of being in touch with yourself. Like this, it's, I am a big proponent of vulnerability and leadership. Like, I love it. I'm like you, you know, it's like when I see people who are kind of like only sharing the positive and they're not sharing like the struggles or stuff. I'm like, you know, yeah, that's cool. But it's, you know, there's something that's like really real and raw and alive. Right. And that I connect with. And I and I think that it builds so much more intimacy and stronger relationships and trust, at least for me. And I know that some people want to see leaders that, Kind of, oh, they've already solved the problem, you know, 
And I'm more of a lead from the mess kind of person because the problem is not really solvable in a way. It's like it's an ongoing practice. Yeah, <laughs> there's more of a process. <laughs> you know? <Level> problems. <laughs> well, I totally relate to what you're saying because I've taken about maybe six weeks, maybe two months, like kind of like ghosting break from social besides maybe mm-hmm. two, doing a couple of podcast episodes because my dad had been in the hospital mm-hmm. and I've been trying to... I was going to write this vulnerable post and it was like the day that he was going to get out. And then he ended up having a day. And so I was like, oh, I don't have my happy ending to write. I don't know if I could write this yet. And so I've really been kind of going, okay, this is so such a life-changing experience that like mm-hmm. I'm not the me from two years ago. So what kind of content do I write and how do I show up now? And what do I actually want to do? And what's most authentic? Um, I'm not my usual chipper happy self right. that I normally yeah. am. So I feel like some vulnerable opposed. This this is the first many that are coming. They're brewing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I I think, you know, it, it, content and writing and telling stories is just like the ancient healing practices, you know, it's so mm-hmm. powerful. And when we inject mm-hmm. that reality into the plastic social media, it's so powerful. Yeah. Well, for me, it's like for those this is something that I've always believed because I am somebody who I don't know where I got this from, but it's like I'm I am actually comfortable airing my dirty So you know, so so it feels almost like a responsibility to balance things out in how I share because there is so much stuff that's just like shiny positive. And in a way it's 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 not that the posts themselves are necessarily like toxically positive, but it's like it becomes this whole system that is a bit toxically positive because it kind of like seems, you know, everybody has it all perfect and everything's great. And then like you're comparing yourself to that. And, and so for me, it's kind of like, hey, you know, like actually it's just like a friendly reminder. And that's kind of like for me, you know, it's like you were talking about vulnerability hangover and you know, it doesn't mean that every time we have to post when we're going through something right in the middle, right? It's like sometimes we do want to wait until after, until we process, like we just still want to be in our leadership yeah. and not post from a place of, you know, still being in the trauma or even if you're still in the, in the trauma, like that you still have that sort of like leadership part and you can share from the space in the moment, but still with this leadership piece. And that's not always possible, right? It's like, it might not be something that we are ready to share. It might not be something that we feel comfortable, like maybe we're ready to share it, but we don't feel like we were prepared in our nervous system to receive whatever comments might come from that, you know? Like that used to happen to me a lot where like, I would post something really vulnerable and then, you know, from this place of leadership, from this place of, oh, I'm just sharing for sharing because I want to normalize this. And then I would get like advice and that would trick me to get out. And I was like, I thought I was asking for advice. I'm just trying to empower people, you know? And so like for a while I had to stop because I didn't want to, I didn't know how to deal with the feelings of getting those comments. Right. And, and that was a conscious choice that I made. And then, you know, as I've moved in my journey and I've been able to like, okay, well, whatever, somebody's giving advice. <laughs> and it doesn't like I don't take it yums anyway so <laughs> yeah <laughs> right so you know so yeah just to close that point it's like it doesn't mean that you have to post in the middle but you know it's it's checking in with yourself and seeing do I want to do I not you know 
you can always delete it if the hangover is that bad. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think of like Brene Brown um, when mm -hmm. I think of vulnerability. And when when I read her book, I was like, God, that was the book that I wanted to write. And I love mm -hmm. her so much because you can tell that even though she studies it, like it's not super comfortable for her. Like she talked mm -hmm. about very type A. And so I think that that's kind of a nice thing to witness because you can kind of see her squirm as you're doing some mm -hmm. of the things. And I think that's the biggest quality of successful entrepreneurship is that you're willing to like squirm and you're willing to put yourself mm -hmm. in when it's uncomfortable and just keep showing yeah. up. Even if you take like me, I'm like, even when you take a hiatus from social, like it's okay. I'm mm -hmm. going to come up with so many awesome insights, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think for me, the big thing I've been meditating on with some shit going down at the end of this year mm -hmm. is how can I make my business sustainable? And like, how do I not, how can I have like successful business without me actually having to be in it? You know, mm -hmm. obviously you have to do some, but you know, how can I have something that can go on without me in terms mm -hmm. of this? You know, yeah. I ended up getting COVID, I don't know, September-ish. And I was like working, you know, telehealth or like online sessions. And I'm like, this ain't good, girl. No, no, <laughs> this is horrible self-care from yeah. someone who talks about self-care all day long. No. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do kind of thing. And so that has been a huge moment for me. I also just turned 40. So I'm just like meditating on like what this next de decade looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, My dad's been a big inspiration for that because he he's had cancer twice and mm -hmm what he's in for and he's I'm going to call him a three-time cancer survivor mm. the third time but he when he got it the first time I was in grad school and it really inspired me to have my own business so I could have more time and freedom and mm -hmm. that's kind of what I am enjoying now is that I've scaled way back and I'm like literally working like a few hours a week mm -hmm. um, so I mean I have quite the financial freedom I am desiring but I have the time freedom and it's been a huge mm -hmm moment to like reflect and go wow I feel like I need to do everything differently than I've been doing it for the mm -hmm. past so yeah. I'm kind of curious what's your story you know I, I find that whenever I interview someone it's like they kind of went maybe a more corporate way or like they did have this like I'm talking about with my dad this wake up moment where you're like mm -hmm. okay change of course you got to go completely <laughs> I think my story is a little bit different my dad is an entrepreneur and so I've always had that as my sort of goal uh -huh. uh, but also I have a really funny story so when I was four years old my dad used to take me to his company teach me the value of hard work whatever it was also to spend time together but he sat me down to do a task that you know a four-year-old could do and and I did it for about 10 minutes and then I stopped and my dad was like Melody why did you stop and at four years old I tell him I'm not your employee <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, it just came from like factory. It's just that's what it's gonna be, and I always knew, but I didn't know. Um, I didn't know exactly what you know, and that's more like the journey that I took, and then it's like my own personal story with my own body image, with my own sort of not being connected to my femininity, my emotions, my shadow, all of that stuff. 
And like that awakening that has taken me to like where I am now. But, you know, I have to say that for the longest time in my business, I also was going about it in a way that like wasn't sustainable. You know, I would go really hard for three or four months and then completely burn out for three months. And then it was like start again from scratch, you know. And and so it's kind of like at some moment, some point it clicked for me. I was like, wait. I need to do this in a way that's sustainable because if it's not feeling good for me and it's not actually meeting my needs outside of the business, I'm just going to drop it. Like I've done 10 times, you know, so it's like, I need to do it in a way that's sustainable. And that means, well, I need to work less and I need to maybe charge more. (laughs) So yeah. So it, you know, that's more like where my shift came, where it was like, like, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but it was this thing of, oh, wait, like, let's do it in a way that feels good and actually matches the life that I want to live. Because what's the point of being your, like, your own boss if you cannot dictate what your life looks like? It's just kind of like, well, you might as well just have a job, right? Exactly. And then at least you don't have to work on marketing and promotion and all this. <laughs> I know. I was talking to my husband and I was telling him something about the business and he was like, can you do that? You know, like unsolicited advice. Well, it's kind of solicited, but unsolicited advice from family members usually is, you know, they don't know exactly what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. But my daughter goes in my ear and she's tell daddy that it's your business and you can do what you what you want. And he should stay out of it. And I was like, Yes, queen. <laughs> I like that. Less feminine. I'm like, and you know, it's so funny to recognize that in myself. That of course I value his opinion, you know. But like, mm-hmm. you know, the good girl in me went, oh yeah, you know. And she was like, no, you get to do what you want. And I think that that is the most revolutionary thing. And mm-hmm. when that's like your desire, it's it's we have so much conditioning. It's in there mm-hmm. so deep. That to yeah. get, it's kind of like in like high school, if they say you can write an essay about anything. Mm-hmm. It's like entrepreneurship is like that. There's so many choices and there's so many paths and you really make your own way that it can mm-hmm. be, you know, kind of like overwhelming and freeze. And so I think just to be on a- I would not say kind of, I would say definitely. definitely. <laughs> I'm like, let's see, I'm in flight and freeze right now. No. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, that's kind of the thing because, you know, going back to what you were saying about, oh, you know, I'm on this hiatus mm-hmm. from social media, you know, and it, of course we can make that choice. Oh, you know, I, I'm just not going to post. But that I noticed that that happens to me too. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to post about because I'm just dealing with all of this stuff that's like dark and heavy. And, you know, and then it's, well, then post about that, you know? <laughs> But it's, but because we have this idea of what's expected and what's going to sell or what people are going to respect or the energy people are going to resonate with or whatever, that, you know, we actually, for me, that's actually, it is a bit of a freeze. You know, it's like I just get, and my self-expression gets completely washed down because of this conditioning that I have about what an inspiring leader looks like right or an expert looks like and this feeling of, oh, but if I say that people are going to think that I'm a mess and and that I'm not confident or that I don't know what I'm saying or, you know, that I don't know shit or whatever. And then they're not going to buy from me and I have to pay my bills. <laughs> and it's just like, actually, like, this is the moment. This is the moment where we flip that story, right? This is like us showing up in that way is the moment, like us being the pioneers of showing up and changing that and normalizing that actually being a full human being doesn't mean that you don't know your shit. <laughs> So 
I see it almost like a responsibility, you know, like, like this is my message. This is my, mm. my calling. And it is inevitable to like this post that you're like, I'm like going to post it. Like those are the ones that do do the best because they are yeah. the most vulnerable and heartfelt. I find mm-hmm. every time I post a scary post, those are usually the ones that really good. Yeah. And I think sometimes in the industry, it's like, People are having to like one up their shopping posts over and mm-hmm. over and over. You know, and you see that sometimes too. But you know, I think there there's such a power in like women, you know, speaking the truth mm-hmm. and showing up in all the ways versus you know having to try to act like a man or to you know have to like compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. You can't be the mom mm-hmm. at work, whatever. You know, when I first started getting on coaching calls, and there was like, you know basically like naked babies running around and my daughter's uh-huh. and like we're in these mastermind circles and you know, people are breastfeeding and it's just like beautiful to see that mm-hmm. there really could be a society and there's a way that you could be supported in your business and your life and financially where you really mm-hmm. can't have it all like you can yeah. be at home you can be a mom you can be like changing the mm-hmm. freaking world <laughs> And you can do it all at the same time. What was like a few years ago, there was that congresswoman, I think in New Zealand or something. And she was like giving her speech and while she was breastfeeding. (laughs) It's like, you know, we're born multitaskers as women, you know, I think it's, yeah, it's beautiful. And I, it just gives so much permission, you know, like when we see that. And so I just love, like, it's both, right? Like, it's healing for me to not be on that pedestal and to have that sort of, yeah, it is a more masculine way of leadership of, like, ex- being an expert, which is, like, more hierarchical, right? Yeah. And I think, like, feminine is more like a circle and we all learn from each other. And, you know, and it's not, oh, I'm higher than you. There isn't this competition. It's more, no, we all learn. We all have something to share. We all have stuff we're struggling with. Like, we all learn from each other and it doesn't make us any less valuable to the community you know and so for me like I find being on a pedestal one it's really lonely two is really suffocating so I'm like fuck this shit like I'm gonna fall off it at some point and so you know so for me it's liberating but I also feel like in a way you know it's it's a selfish desire that I have to be a leader in this way and at the same time it is such a contribution you know it's a permission slip I remember a few years ago right before I went like I got certified as a holistic health counselor and right when I figured out okay I want to head in this like direction and I got my certification and I had decided I was going to go traveling like backpacking with a one-way ticket the whole point was to get comfortable with uncertainty I have no idea like I literally booked a one-way to Auckland New Zealand and didn't even have a hostel book it's just like, I'm just going to arrive and see what the fuck happens. And, and I remember I was telling one of my fellow graduates that this was my plan and, and that I felt a little bit selfish about it because I just got my certification and I should be helping people instead of taking off on my own thing. And, and she says to me, she says, thank you. And I'm like, like for what? <laughs> you know? And she's well, I know that it feels selfish to you, but for me, it's like knowing that you're doing that. It's knowing someone who's close to me who's doing that. And it gives me that permission, that belief that I could also do it for myself. Mm-hmm. You know? And it was like, like selfish isn't selfish, you know? <laughs> like, it's okay. Yeah. Well, it has been my dream to get over to New Zealand because uh-huh. I've been honored to work with the Maori healers of New Zealand. And they would come here and body work and healing workshops and 
also the grandmother's feeling uh, we would learn mm. about, uh, as a like ceremonial ritual and healing mm. transformation. And so shout out to them, everybody. <laughs> with all more healers and grandmother's healing hopka. They're amazing. And so what it brought up for me was that I really wanted to go to New Zealand when I was about was before my daughter so like maybe my late 20s and I was invited to go you know and everything mm. and I'm, oh, I don't have the couple grand for the plane ticket until take off and, <laughs> and then my mentor passed a few years ago and so it does feel like one of those things where you know you always regret the things that you didn't do not mm-hmm. like the things that you did and so yeah. I'm so proud of you for going on that voyage <laughs> and I don't know if it was as life-changing but it's just one of those was you know it was just so crazy what a magical arrived beautifully magic like literally breathtaking like everywhere you look you're just like (gasps) (laughs) yeah so gorgeous so yeah that trip was crazy because i arrived and i arrived at 6 a.m and at 3 p.m i was jumping off the sky jump tower in auckland and that was not planned it just so it literally was like such a such an allegory for like the whole trip because the whole point was to get comfortable with uncertainty and there i am like jumping Oh my God. So, literally started with a bag. Like, it, no, it was really, I think that that trip for me, that's also where I, where I first got in touch with like Tantra and Taoism and embodiment and all of this feminine work and started owning my sensuality and like using that as a tool. And I had the reason I do this work is because I used to be this, and about what we were talking about before, I used to be this like, spiritual person who's you know oh you know i'm a good person do no harm you know no don't get angry like da 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 you know and it's just kind of like <clears throat> holding myself to like these commandments in a way of what it is to be a good spiritual person yes and i had a healing session when i during this trip where the person the healer was guiding me to just feel my feelings and not even tell her what was happening like just feel my feelings and I was so mad at her because I was like, how are you going to help me if you don't know what's happening? And then I realized she didn't need to know. Yeah. And I didn't need to know. Yeah. You know? And I realized how much I actually use my thought as painkillers, as a way to actually stay Ooh, away that's from the real you know, because it's a lot easier to like analyze, judge, stay with the story, you know, have all these narratives than it is to actually drop into the body and feel the body sensations of like anger and grief and sadness and jealousy and like all this stuff. Right. And so that really was the first time that I was like, oh, like. Like I thought I was processing my anger. Like whenever I got angry, I'd be like, oh, what's the anger trying to tell me? Which is like a great thing to do. It's a good practice, but also if you're not actually feeling it, it's staying in you, you know, and just building up. So, you know, and I, ha- I didn't realize that I was doing that. I thought I wasn't an angry person. <laughs> it was so much anger. That I was like, what the hell? Who is this? You know? And then after that, it was so crazy because it was like somebody took an erase, like a, you know, it's like a blackboard and like, you just like erase. It was like somebody took an eraser, like to all of the conditioning that I had on myself. Like I, I actually talked to neuroscientists about it. And I was like, I don't even know how that works in the brain. Like, cause you know, how do those connections just like poof gone? Because all of a sudden I was actually being a lot more irritable with like minor things because this kind of had been unlocked in me. 
And I was like really scared because I was like, oh my God, what is this person I'm turning to? I don't want to be irritated. You know, it's like, I don't want to get angry at people for the smallest thing. But I trusted that process. And in trusting that process, it was almost like taking out all of the, the accumulated like trash that I hadn't felt for such a long time. And eventually after that cleanup, you know, it's like when the anger comes, I'm like just able to feel it. And it's not on top of all of this other like accumulated stuff, right? It's like, I just can feel what's actually there. So then it doesn't go overboard and I can reap the benefits from that without having to blow up, you know? So, yeah. So that's, you know, a little bit of the background, like why I do the work that I do, how I came to it. It's just so powerful. And that's kind of the thing, because I do think that so many people in spirituality and personal development kind of like, oh, this is how you're supposed to be. This is how you, and it's just like, actually, if you allow yourself to go through the process, you will come to be that in a natural, authentic way, as opposed to you imposing it to, on yourself, because this is like a shoot, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And again, just to echo the the thoughts as painkillers, I feel like I've probably been dosing up on that for years. <laughs> you know, when you do like body work or like healing, mm-hmm. you really have the courage to go into the body, like mm-hmm. body when it's all about. It is the most intense and raw and vulnerable. And, and that's where the trauma lives. Like it's not, right. it can affect our beliefs, of course, but like mm-hmm. it's in the body. Yeah. Know, and so yeah. I feel like embodiment work can unlock so much and it's the most important thing mm-hmm. we can in my opinion and I've had so many people kind of come on here and talk about it <clears throat> so I always ask them like what is the definition and everyone is different and that's fine mm-hmm. I think it's just such a complex concept idea you know like what's your version of it yeah so First, I kind of want to touch a second on what you were saying, because it is actually like when we do start on our embodiment journey, it, it, it's scary, you know, and it's important. So much of the reason why we don't go into other body is because we don't know how to have the sensations and we haven't built a safety already, and especially if we have trauma, which yeah, pretty much everybody, you know, like it doesn't feel safe to go down there. So really, it's important to first build the somatic resourcing tools and the ability to like process and to have the self-awareness and to be able to be in that state before we start actually dropping in right so I just want to say that for whoever who's listening you know because I think that you know it's like that's the mark of a good embodiment coach is that they're very aware of that and they're very aware of like yeah, sometimes people really want to go super fast and have healing like that but it's actually better to just take it slow and like slow is actually faster and less traumatizing so yeah, for whoever's listening, you know, just have that in mind when you're looking for somebody to work with, you know? And then my definition of embodiment, it really is about being here now, you know, because one thing that, so a, a, another story time. Mm-hmm. I was in India. I had done all of this work also during this trip about learning to, you know, like letting go of attachments, of ideas of who I thought I was, preferences, things like that. And at some point I was like, okay, but everything's already perfect as it is. And what the fuck is the point of being here? Why am I here? I'd rather just be in like meditation, la la land, you know, like it's so much nicer. <laughs> and I don't have to deal with all of this stuff. And I was literally looking at my body being like, what is this flesh sack? Like, I don't understand. 
and I didn't want to be here, not from a suicidal place, but from like a, an indifferent place. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I was having a conversation with a friend and I realized, okay, like what are the reasons that I actually do want to be here? What makes it worth it for me to actually engage with not just the pleasures, but also all the pain that is in life? It's just the fact that like our body has pleasure and pain receptors. It's just because you can't escape that. So, you know, what, what makes it worth it? And for me, it was love, sharing, and like connection and having fun, right? These are the reasons that I'm like, okay, it's worth it to learn to actually be here. And that for me is what embodiment is. It's like, it's actually learning the tools to be in the body with everything that that entails, with the pleasure and the pain. And of course, it's a natural thing that we are more attracted to the pleasure. Like nature is wise in that way because that ensured our survival, right? when it comes to physical pain, but when it comes to emotional pain, actually the most powerful thing you can do is learn to be with the stuff that's uncomfortable. And I don't like to talk about negative emotions. I like to talk about the stuff that we don't know how to feel (laughs) because I don't like this hierarchy of like positive, negative, like whatever. And so that's what embodiment is for me. It really is about emotional intelligence, emotional resilience, and like actually learning how to be in a body and be alive you know and then that means that you get to actually be more powerful in the face of risks that you need to take in order to live your best life that means that when shit hits the fan you can hold it a lot better that means that you get to feel a lot better about yourself because you're actually respecting yourself because you're listening to what you mean and what you desire you know there's just so many benefits to it and even just you know and more sort of base stuff like in terms of sexuality, in terms of turn on, in terms like your level of enjoyment and pleasure that you can derive from the simplest things, like biting into an apple or something, you know? So there's so many, but like it affects everything, right? So yeah, that's, that's embodiment. <laughs> I love that so much because I really struggled with the whole overachiever thing. And even though I had had certain things of success and manifested my desires, like, mm-hmm. I just was very like exhausted because I did it in a way that was like pushing. And if I was feeling those scary feelings, like I didn't want to feel them because they felt like failure. And that's kind of any of you Instagram people out there. I'm a three. So any of you threes, like we just go, don't want to feel that. That feels like failure, you know? And if we Mm -hmm. don't pull it across like yours, you know, we're carrying around this pain body. um, And Mm -hmm. then that really does is, you know, that's where like the upper limits, self-sabotage and all that crap comes in. When we have this this owned part of ourselves that we don't want to look at mm-hmm. and start doing some deviant shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it leaks out whether you want to yeah. look at it or not. It might as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just really, it's such important work, right? And like, it, if we don't go in there, that's where we lose our power, right? And like when you have that awareness, when you work with it, it's like the thing is that most of the time, or most people, I think, think that, you know, we make decisions based on logic and it's no, like most of your life is actually you managing your emotions and every decision that you make is because you want to feel like this and you don't want to feel like that, you know? And so if you're making decisions on not wanting to feel like a failure, you're probably not going to take the risk that could actually mean your success, right? 
And so, but if I learn how to feel like a failure, if I learn to hold the body sensation of failure, the body sensation of rejection, the learn the body sensation of unacknowledgement, you know, the the body sensation of loneliness or unwantedness, or you know, and then it's oh yeah, I mean, it's not going to be comfortable. It's still going to suck, but you know, but then it's not scary anymore. <laughs> it's just like oh okay, well I. Yeah, if that happens, then I know how to feel that and, you know, and I'll just feel that and then I'll be fine. It's temporary. It's like no enemies within to just reclaim that whole internal experience and that mm-hmm. nothing limits and you can kind of yourself that. Yeah. Um, and it's such a, I was going to ask you earlier, your human design, if you know mm-hmm. it. But uh, I'm a generator, but generator. I'm a sacral generator but I don't know much more yeah I'm a generator too and so I think that that really fits with like the pleasure embodiment of you know teachings because we're supposed to feel good mm-hmm. and we're supposed to feel satisfied and we're supposed to mm-hmm. really respond with sort of the universe uh <laughs> you know to to see where we should go because it's all about we're willing and we're we can like have kind of unlimited energy as long as we're like you know following our mm-hmm. bliss mm-hmm. well but you know what I'm saying and so yeah. I when we get that patriarchal conditioning to go against ourselves because we should, or this is what society tells us mm-hmm. to do, that's what like creates so much of that, you know, discontent that you're talking about that we can kind of feel. So I have so enjoyed this conversation. I feel like yeah, we have more. tell us a little bit about how we can work with you. Like, where do we find you? What's going on? Yeah. So my website's under construction. So the best way to find me is actually on Instagram. And that's just my name, at Melody Cures. Mm-hmm. Um, you can contact me. All the links for connecting, having a connection call are there. So we can set up, you know, that if you do want to work with me. I have one-on-one coaching. That's six months program. And I also, right now for December, I don't know when this is going to be posted, but I also am offering a toxic positivity audit. So, so this is, you know, exactly for that. It's like, what, if you're feeling like you're being stopped, you don't know what to post about because you're in these moments of, you know, or things like that. And it's just kind of just looking at your life and you're like, okay, where are you actually shooting yourself in terms of, no, I need to be positive, like positive vibes only or like all of this stuff that's actually toxic not just for you but also because of how like you're showing up in your leadership and like the permission slip that you want to be so if you're a courageous person who actually does want to show up in a more vulnerable way this toxic positivity audit is right for you and then you know i think that's like um yeah Yeah, definitely. And then the one-on-one coaching is we do a lot of embodiment practices. We also like I'm I do embodiment, and of course, there's also like a talk-based portion because I'm not just like a, you know, your mind your mind is the enemy kind. It's no, it's integration, right? Your mind is a powerful tool, but you got to know when to use it. So yeah, so we do embodiment, we do mindset, we do the practices, we do, I have recordings that I give my people. I also have message support that's included in that. So, you know, it's a really comprehensive program for people who really want to get ahead in like all of the topics that we've been talking about. And like I said, I love talking with people who are already, who've already done some of this work and just need that extra like juice for like actually applying this stuff because some it's not the same to know it uh-uh. to apply it yeah <laughs> like known by your body which is the whole yeah. you know that's through like repetition and muscle memory mm-hmm. well yeah I would definitely recommend everyone listening if you've tried more like standard business coaching or you're listening to all podcasts or YouTube or whatever 
and you're like, it's still not working. Like I would highly recommend some embodiment work because it is this type of healing. And those a lot of times are the things that are blocking us from actually manifesting the things that we want because mm-hmm. your trauma or something just yeah. happened to the body that's keeping us there. So I'm really yeah. loving the spin that you're putting on the work that you're doing. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for watching. I hope everyone has awesome. We're recording right around the holidays. You know, awesome end of the year, Christmas, everything, and whatever holiday you celebrate. And come see me if you're interested in a human design rating. That's what I'm feeling kind of juiced up about right now in the moment. So thank everybody for watching. And Melody, thank you so much for being on. And I think you're definitely someone to have back because we could talk about these kind of things. Forever. Thank you so much for showing up and showing up with all of you. And thank you for helping me do that as well today on this episode. And again, thanks everybody so much for, you know, your attention and being a part of this community. So bye everyone. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.